Right, welcome to the first ever edition of Ross Connects. Unfortunately, that may just be a working title for our podcast connecting the 2019 weekend NBA grads. But I'm joined this evening by my co-host Josh Witt. Josh, thank you very much for joining us. Andrew, it's a pleasure. It's a it's a true honor to sit with you tonight. Well, thank you so much for that. And I it truly is an honor bestowed upon both of us to be chosen as the official voices of the 2019 weekend NBA class via a podcast. Hopefully this doesn't crash and burn and we're able to actually uh, provide some sort of entertainment and content, but right now we're just winging it and seeing how things go from there. Yeah, I don't think the odds are in our favor, but I do, I do look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Yeah, at least we'll get better at editing and speaking in front of no one, you know. It's like we're gaming in our parents' basement and just talking smack on, on Fortnite or something like that. Yeah, it's going to be great. How has your life <laughs> been um, since, since being done with the program? Is it weird for you to have all this free time on your hands? I, that's a great question. And the amount of free time lasted about, I think it was about three days before I got truly bored and I needed to find my next project to attack. So... I convinced my wife that we needed to buy another house and become um, real estate tycoons. So last Friday, we put in an offer on a house nearby to our current one, and we had the inspection yesterday. Everything went well, and now we're in the process of acquiring that house and renting out our current one. So I guess the MBA is working off somewhat. I'm really just borrowing and spending more money, though. Yeah, that is awesome. Are you going to try to put some work in yourself or are you going to hire people? So from an aesthetic side, I think we will do a lot of that ourselves. But when it comes to actual um, contracting work, I would find someone much more professional. The extent of our work was demoing our current bathroom and uh, backsplashing our kitchen. And we did not get a divorce. So that was a win. And we learned a lot, but now we appreciate when we pay someone else to do it much better than we can. Yeah, that's a huge first step. <laughs> so maybe, um, maybe jumping into it, I know we want to do, do some questions amongst uh, both of ourselves. Maybe I'll throw off the first one on you. Maybe give me some of your background and you know, how you even ended up at Ross. I certainly can do that. So I moved around a lot growing up. My dad worked in the automotive industry, so... We had the chance to live in Michigan, southern Indiana, and Germany um, throughout my childhood. Ended up moving back to Michigan for high school. Went to a small Catholic school where I ended up meeting my wife. And we did not date through the entirety of high school and college. I needed to grow up a bit. So um, let's hold off on the oohs and ahs there. (laughs) And then I went to Michigan undergrad I did not get into the B school after my freshman year. I might have screwed around a little bit too much, but became an economics and German double major. Went to work in the automotive industry for German automotive suppliers. And I think it's four years ago now, I went more into sales consulting, still in automotive, working with um, overseas manufacturing companies and My wife was back in grad school at Detroit Mercy in the physician assistant program. I thought, hey, she's having a great time in grad school. 
maybe I should start looking into it. And that led me back to Michigan, where I'm obviously super biased being an undergrad um, graduate or alumni from there. So looked into both the weekend and evening MBA. And I thought, I don't want to go to school for four years. Let's go for two. Gave it a shot. And here I am. So the sales consulting gig that you're in right now, do you see yourself continuing that path now that you're done with the program? Hopefully my boss is not listening to this, but no, I do not foresee myself uh, continuing on in automotive consulting. So throughout the program, I reconnected with Alex Rosenau. He was a friend of mine from the Rochester area. We worked at a golf course growing up together and didn't kind of lost touch, but reconnected in the program. We were very drawn towards entrepreneurship, love Jim Price and David Brophy, We thought, how could we get more involved in the startup space? So we started Grizzly Equity Partners, which started as a sweat equity um, consulting firm and has transformed into more of a venture capital firm. So the intention is that we go full-time later this summer, raise a fund, and invest in five companies. So hopefully that all works out, but buying a house right now is really stressing me out. So it's kind of on the back burner. That is very awesome. Do you guys already have the company scoped out? Or are you still playing that one by ear? We have it more defined. So how we want to do it is more of a hybrid approach. So with venture capital investing in startups, it's traditionally very risky. You might hit one out of five that has a good exit um, when you're investing in all of these very new seed and series A um, companies. So what we wanted to do is invest around 60% of the fund in companies along those lines, and then create two of our own. And those two would be focused on immediate cash flow for our firm, which would kind of hedge our risks between, you know, having to pay our investors back at the end of the fund's life, but also be a way for us to, you know, build more equity for our firm. So we would have an internal accounting company. And then we've looked at either starting our own real estate firm, which would be um, commercially focused or partnering with an existing one. So we're still feeling that out, trying to get into every industry and become just tycoons. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely can see that. I have no doubt that that will, uh, that will come to fruition. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. We'll have to see how it plays out. Well, thank you very much. And obviously, since we're the most important people on this podcast, we will keep everyone um, involved in our lives and and great triumphs. So let me throw it back to you. How has it been since we graduated a mere week and a half ago? Is there a lot of free time? Are you traveling a lot? Have you done anything cool? Yeah, I think it's um, it's odd. Like the minute we we get all that free time. I seem to occupy with my day job. So I work for a startup company in Columbus and there's always tons of work to be done. And it seems like they tell you, I don't know if you ever heard this saying, but like, if you want something done, give it to somebody who's busy. Cause you always find the, the you always find a way to fit the things you want to get done in the amount of time you have in the day. So like somehow I managed to get everything done between work and school when we had school going on and then school stopped and it's like, just work occupies everything. So there's, like you said, there's not really much, too much downtime since then, but I did, uh, I did make a random trip to Austin, Texas. I don't know if you've ever been there this past weekend. And I got to say, it's, it's probably one of my favorite cities I've ever been to. What was your favorite part? 
they just have a lot of culture there. It's like everybody there is, uh, it feels like a very much like a melting pot of people. You know, everybody has their own style, but everybody has a style and there's just a lot of, a lot of nightlife going on. Um, they have one street in particular, it's called rainy street. Basically what they did is they took all these houses, at least that's what, from what it looks like. And they turned them into bars. So like you go in the back and you have like a band playing, you've got a fire going on, you've got a bar inside the house, you've got an upstairs with some TVs and the whole environment is just, uh, it's really cool. It's an interesting place to be. I've only heard good things about Austin. And as a matter of fact, we're headed down to a wedding the last weekend in May. Um, one of my wife's friends is getting married and, um, I'm very much looking forward to it. So they actually had the bachelorette party down there. Um, a few months ago and I heard very similar praise for the city. So it's going to be a great time, great wedding and really looking forward to it. So let's take a step back to your um, pre Ross journey. Um, Obviously you have a little bit more of a unique journey in the sense that you went to a rival school for undergrad. So let's tell the listeners how you got there. How, how did you get into the weekend MBA? Yeah, I kind of grew up all over the place too. I uh, I lived in Toledo for the majority of high school, which is pretty much the Germany of Ohio. So I think we have a lot in common. And uh, I pivoted. That's absolutely there. true. That yes. is that that is. If you Google that, that comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't waste any time googling it though. Just take our word for it. But I I made a trip down to Columbus. Um, I was involved in wrestling at the time, so I came down here. Didn't really know too much what I wanted to do with my life or what I wanted to study. But I knew Ohio State had a lot of options. So I came down here. I was uh, involved in athletics and made pretty good friends with a kid named Joe Granaminico. And then as I wrapped up my undergraduate, uh, my degree was in theoretical math. So I still couldn't do much in the world with that degree. And uh, I had some alumni from our program, former wrestling alumni, that were running sales organizations. And just through networking connections, ended up getting a couple offers from them. So I jumped into the sales world and I spent time jumping between a couple different companies for my first two years out of college until eventually at a startup event, I met uh, my current CEO, who was a former co-founder of a company called CompuServe back in the day. So mm-hmm. basically, um, it was like the backbone of the internet. And I don't, I don't know the intricacies in too much detail, but I know if I Google his name, they call him the father of email, which I think is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. So it's uh, cooler than Toledo being the Germany of the U S. Well, it definitely rivals it. It's close. It's definitely close, but he, um, he was a super awesome guy. He offered me a lot of mentorship and position within a new company he was starting. So I jumped ship and I've been here for about three and a half years, probably about a little over two years ago now. Um, Joe actually approached me because he was at his current job at Owens Corning and he had moved to the Toledo area and he said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about going back and getting uh, my MBA and checking out some different part-time programs. I know Ross has a great one. And I'm thinking about applying out there. So I said, you know, I, I think the same thing. My degree doesn't have much business background. I love the opportunity to know more about business as I'm involved in the startup environment. And uh, he got into the program. I applied, I got into the program and then it just kind of, serendipitous worked out super well and over the last two years just been probably one of the most fulfilling rides um, i've ever been a part of you know one of the cool things about working for the company i'm working for now and going through the program at the same time is so much of the stuff like you mentioned jim price's class or david brophy's or all those different entrepreneurship classes that we were going through 
I was taking all those concepts and applying them directly back to real problems that we were facing here over the course of, you know, the last two years. And, uh, it's been, been pretty exciting. So now and where we are today, I just wrapped up about a week ago and, uh, I think that's about the gist of it. It's a great journey. I very much enjoyed hearing that. Um, just quick question as you threw it at me, do you intend on staying in your current company, uh, for the foreseeable future? Obviously we don't know what the future holds, but do you have something that you want to try something you're pursuing or are you very happy where you are right now? Um, yeah, I am pretty happy. I mean, it's, it's weird working for a startup company as most whoever works for them. Probably, uh, they probably feel very similar. What I'm about to say, it's like a roller coaster. you know, some days it's extreme highs and then other days it's extreme lows and we're growing really quickly. So there's a lot of highs, but then, um, you know, we're still not profitable. So there's also a lot of lows with that scenario. Um, I was fortunate as we went through recruiting to get some equity positions. So basically like I have to stay until that vests. So I'll be here for a little while longer. I think on the side that what I'm going to start doing is trying to build up my own thing. Um, so when that time does come, whether we make an exit or whatever happens that I have something to kind of branch out into. And, uh, I'll probably focus like we're a software as a service company. So I'll probably try to focus whatever I start on the side in the SaaS space. Mm-hmm. I, I've been lucky to learn a lot about the industry over the last two years. And, uh, probably where I have the best chance of success, if any, in starting my own business. So I think that's the route moving forward. I'll probably try to maximize this downtime and uh, see if I can get my own thing off the ground. Awesome. I love that we're a very entrepreneurial podcast, or at least two co-hosts are. So Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be exciting to see as we continue to bring on all of our classmates, you know, what direction they're going. And uh, the entrepreneurship section for us really wasn't that big. It was It was pretty small. So I'd be curious to see where people decide to go from here. Yeah, I was kind of reflecting upon that um, over the last week or so as people started their new jobs and um, were, are beginning to make their moves um, for the next chapter of their lives. And obviously, the big draw was consulting and um, you know consumer packaged goods, things like that. But I really think for that small group that was in our entrepreneurial track, there there was a lot of influence by our professors and they might've steered um, some of them towards a completely different journey. So excited to hear how they were affected. Yeah. Yeah. Me as well. So I'm curious too, you know, as we, as this group came together and Anne Marie and the other um, individuals organizing, you know, post WMBA uh, connections and how we're all going to stay in touch for the newsletter and everything you were excited about, being a part of the podcast, what made you, first of all, how'd you get into podcasting and what made you so passionate about it? That I really don't think there was this, um, moment of Eureka where I was like, Oh my God, I should really, um, use my soothing jazz voice on the airwaves and share it with the world. I think it was, I think it was about a year ago now. And, um, I was sitting having a beer with my uncle and we were talking shop about sports and um, movies and business and all this stuff. And, and the back and forth was very good. And it just, I don't know, we had had a couple bud heavies and I made the comment, well, maybe we should try a podcast out. And so I did some research and found a free app to, record on my phone and we gave it a shot. 
obviously nothing came about it, but I, I found myself really enjoying it. Um, just being able to converse with someone about a certain topic, whether I'm an expert or just a fan. Um, I really, en- and I also enjoy talking to people, getting to know them, learning their stories. I'm a big fan of storytelling. Sometimes I'm much better at it than others, uh, depending on my mood or bud heavy level. So, um, that was, that was really the moment I, I thought, let's give podcasting a try. And then when we were, I don't know, what was it? Two months, two or three months ago, when we started planning how we were going to connect as Ross alum, because we obviously we became a very close cohort and we want to stay in touch and we want to be um, cheerleaders in each other's lives. And I thought podcasting, given its popularity right now and the ability for others to consume in a very passive way, but it can be very impactful when, you know, the right thing is said or we can click a light for someone else just in our conversation. I thought, man, that would be an interesting way to share our live stories with others as we, you know, go our different ways. Yeah, that's awesome. I couldn't agree more. So, so I have a very unsuccessful podcast. Uh, Let's do it live. That is not, that is not free marketing. I'm just noting that I have done this before, but you've been doing this for a lot longer time and in a lot more professional um, way. So how, how did you get drawn in and, I guess what what's the what's the path forward with uh, it's conquering Columbus, correct? Yeah, conquering Columbus. You probably you probably overemphasized the level of professionalism, but I do I do appreciate the kind words. I'm just pumping your tires. We're trying to build the rapport up, get this banter going, feel each other out, and make sure that we don't crash and burn in our first real interview. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So I, I started that just a little bit before joining Ross. It might've been like, I don't know, actually it might've been like eight months before joining Ross. Um, basically for me and Mike and actually Joe's involved in it on the back end, he uploads our episodes and does some hosts our website and all that good stuff. We had so many people across the city of Columbus that we wanted to be connected with. We wanted to learn their stories from an entrepreneurial standpoint. How did you create your business? How did you grow it? What were the ups and downs? Uh, the problem with a lot of those situations or talking to those people is that those people are extremely successful, which means they're extremely busy. You got to give them a reason to sit down with you. So what we started doing is we were fortunate to land a couple of uh, bigger names across Columbus. And then that kind of just snowballed into bigger names and bigger names. And then people started listening finally. And for some reason they still continue to listen. Um, and we just kind of been doing it. I think we released episode 153 this past weekend and we're going to release 154 coming up. Um, but similar to what you said, you know, it's cool. And the reason I wanted to be a part of the Ross one is like every guest we sit down with, they're so honored that you want to sit down and hear their story because they know that they've worked tremendously hard to get to where they are. But unlike being involved in sports, when you work tremendously hard and you get showcased on ESPN or you get some kind of cool, you know, documentary made about you, um, usually people in business, they stay pretty quiet behind the scenes. And I think, you know, some people like that, but some people want to sit down and they want people to know how they got to where they are, talk about what they're doing. You know, they want to kind of take a moment to sit back and uh, be proud of what they've accomplished. So what I'm hoping and what I'm thinking that will be cool about this for our co like our cohort is that they can showcase their story, you know, talk about where they're going, be proud of the the moves they made 
both during the program and after the program and maybe put a spotlight on all them, you know, one by one for everybody in the class to hear about. Cause even when we're out at the bars, you know, unless you got really, really close with somebody over the course of those two years, there's probably tons of things that you don't really know about them at a personal level. Um, but here, hopefully you can turn in, tune in and, uh, check out a quick episode and get a deep look into who they really are, which should be fun. Absolutely. I thought, I think you bring up a great point, um, in the beauty that is podcast because, um, you know, with people and their successes, even if they're interviewed by the media, it's a very, it's a very dry interaction. And being a, when you're able to sit down with someone in a podcast arena and really ask meaningful questions and have like genuine conversations, so much more about the person comes through, who they are as a person, what's driving them, how did they get there? What were these moments that they thought, Hey, am I really going down the right path? And there's like this level of vulnerability that the podcast allows for, which is, I think is really cool. Not that we're showcasing that they're weak or anything, but it just allows for the listeners to connect with them as well. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I, and I almost wonder, you know, you, you got guys who are pioneers like Joe Rogan and who really kind of help podcasts blow up. And when you listen to, you know, for example, his uh, show in particular, you realize like he talks about things at a very casual level. It's not like you said, the level of professionalism that you have to have on TV and things like that, which makes it, mm-hmm. makes it a lot, uh, lot more enjoyable place where people can get vulnerable and you can hear about the real side of them. Uh, Absolutely. I always joke that I have a face for radio and a voice for TV. You know, I just can't, can't make it in either arena. So we'll just stay in the podcast space. That's a good joke. And we'll, go have from there. In, we'll have to edit in the two drums and a chime after you say that one. No, I, I'm going to somehow figure out how to do that in GarageBand. <laughs> so, so, oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> so talking about the vulnerability aspect for you, um, mm-hmm. you know, what were your highs and lows of the, over the two years of the program? Yeah, it's, it's something I've thought about a little bit more um, the last month or so. I think everyone gets a bit nostalgic as a chapter comes to a close. And it's easy to really look forward to the next steps. I know we were all excited about being done, but you know, when you really take a step back, it's, it's a great accomplishment for all of us and we made wonderful connections. So the high for me is the friendships. I don't think I've ever made as close of friends as quickly, like, because everyone, despite where they came from in life, where they were, where they worked, how old they were, married, single, what five kids, zero kids, we were all there for a singular purpose. And that was to graduate from Ross and being able to come together in times where you didn't think you'd make the deadline or something just really didn't make sense, just really facilitated really deep connections. And that is by far the highest high. And whenever I hosted prospective students or I talked to people about the program just casually, I say the best part is the people in your cohort. Becoming a family sounds cliche, but you can truly count on making lifelong friends. And I will say that forever. The low <laughs> funny story. I decided to get married the last weekend of, um, 
our first semester, and I'm not saying getting married was a low. I'm saying that getting married the last class weekend, when you look at a calendar and you see a few weeks when a semester comes to a close, you think, oh, oh my God, well, I have all this time off. We should, we should go on a trip, you know, to relax after, you know, a year of wedding planning and all the stressors that come with that. What I did not realize is that the first 10 days or so after a semester close is dedicated towards final papers and exams. So I took our first four exams from the hotel room in Mexico on my honeymoon. So learning moment. If I can get through that and still be married to my loving wife, you guys can accomplish anything. Just words of wisdom. Yeah, that is profound. <laughs> All right. But I just, that's not really a low. That was just like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? Um, there were not many real lows other than dreading a deadline or thinking you failed something or really feeling overwhelmed and your ability to balance work um, social life and the program, but let's turn it back on you. Let's start with, we'll do it a little different. What was your low and how did you overcome it? And then we'll talk about the high so we can finish on a high note. Yeah. I think, I think similar to you low is like, I say in quotations, cause I don't really look back on anything over the course of two years and see it as a low. I would say if I went back and had to do it again, I might not have put as much focus on perfection as I went through the entire curriculum. I think I wanted to walk away and, uh, you know, similar to what you do in undergrad, you have such a heavy focus on grades and, um, you know, they stay with you for the rest of your life and all that kind of stuff. So had I stepped back and I put more time into kind of going out and doing the extracurriculars, I think I would have gotten a greater experience and built even deeper relationships. So in retrospect, you know, I kind of juggle those two things in my head and say, you know, did I make the right decision at times? Should I have spent more time on the weekends going out with our classmates and just kind of relaxing and letting go? I've never been super good at doing those kind of things. So I would say that was the low throughout the time. And then juggling that with work, I mean, that was, it was probably honestly the hardest two years of my life. Um, And I think undergrad was fairly difficult, just juggling all the stuff that was going on there. So just a testament to the Ross program and everything, you know, that we had going on. Um, but I think to flip that into a high, I think the high point was that it was probably the hardest two years of my life. And I was doing it around a group of people that I really respected and that were really driven. So like you talk about making such deep relationships in such short amount of time. I, I have this theory and I have it, you know, back from athletics and undergrad, like when you go through really, really hard things with people, and they, you kind of like, it strips away everything that you, who you are. And if you're going alongside it with somebody else, like you, you develop almost like a family level type bond with that person, you know? So as we were going through this entire curriculum with our small groups and even the large group, it's like the small groups in particular, I developed extremely deep relationships with those people because we were all going through such difficult things. We could relate with each other. You know, we some people were juggling kids and a family outside of the program. All of us were juggling work. So it was awesome to go back to an environment where people are going through really, really difficult things together and kind of bond amongst that and uh, walk away with, you know, friendships that will hopefully last a lifetime. So I'd say the, and then, and then the amount of, I mean, just obviously the amount about business that I've learned over the course of those two years was an extreme high. 
So walking into there, knowing, knowing very little and walking out feeling like, I don't think that there'd be, I say this from, you know, humble standpoint, I don't think there's a many business environments I could walk in and not feel comfortable or like I can hold my own. And that's a testament to Ross, you know, and, and our classmates. So I think that's pretty much, you know, my highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Something I always say is if, even if you didn't learn the business theory that you wanted to, this program instills the confidence in you that you can walk into any company, find what's going wrong and have the tools or the network to be able to fix it. And there is nothing more powerful than self-confidence. And I think they did a tremendous job of trying to help build us up over the last two years, even though it felt at times that the busy work was trying to bog us down. That's for sure. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So that might be a good place for us to kind of kind of wrap it up. Do you have any final remarks before we kind of sign off? No, I, I think this went really smoothly. Uh, there are not a lot of awkward pauses, uh, good back and forth. I think we got to learn a bit more about each other, and that's the whole purpose of this. Even though we were all able to connect on some level over the two years, there were 110 plus of us, and we weren't able to spend the amount of time that say we were able to with our small groups or our map teams or things of that nature. So the, my hope for this podcast is that we are, you, Josh and I are able to connect on a deeper level with everyone we're able to interview. And then the audience by um, transitive property, by listening are able to feel that connection and feel like they are learning more about their classmates and supporting them through life's journey. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I feel I feel the exact same. And uh, shout out to the people who made it to the 30-minute mark on this. Um, and uh, hopefully we can keep it rolling. Absolutely. And I will close this with something that I hope to say on every episode without Josh scoffing, and that's forever go blue. Go blue. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs>